It's August 14, 2023, and I want to welcome everyone to the SoFlo Real Estate Show. We have a great program in store for you. Last week, we had a great discussion as well. We talked about the why this market is not the 2008 housing bubble, nor the financial crisis. So if any of you have an interest, we'll put the link below, but it's also above for those of you who are watching the YouTube channel. So today's question is simply, are you a homeowner and are struggling with wanting to know why your homeowner's insurance keeps going up and up and up? Are you just wondering what the heck is going on in South Florida? On today's show with my guest speaker, Frank Walker, we're going to talk about what is happening in the market, why homeowner insurance keeps going up, a historical perspective, and hopefully some of the things that you can do to help maintain your premium at the lowest rate possible. By the way, if you know anybody who's interested in this topic, go ahead and share this video. My name is Athena Chalikas Barocas. I'm a top producer and award-winning realtor with Coldwell Banker here in South Florida. I'm also the host and the creator of the show. Uh, so today, I'd like to start off by welcoming our guest, Frank Walker of State Farm. Frank, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Athena. Uh, I appreciate you having me. I'm a 42-year State Farm agent. I've been in business uh, uh, longer than uh, dirt was alive. And <laughs> I, I've experienced a lot in my career uh, with the property market, so I hope I can add some benefit today to your viewers. Okay, wonderful. Well, I'm glad to have you here, Frank. Let's start off by talking about some historical perspective on really where we are today and where did it come from? Why are our insurance rates so high? If you can give us a little historical perspective on that, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, I think all this started many years ago, actually. Uh, uh, for a long time in Florida, we wrote business as an insurance company and all companies did. And we, we, we measured but we, how much exposure we were putting on the books, but we didn't measure it very carefully. And then Andrew came along, and Andrew hit our market in 1992, uh, forced us into a position where we had to uh, re realize the fact that we were now facing uh, monumental catastrophic claims, and we didn't have a, a, the purse, the, the pocketbook, to pay the claims. So. The industry as a whole took a massive hit. We, we, uh, we, Andrew was a $25 billion storm in 1992. That probably uh, equates to about a $45 billion storm today. And um, in the insurance industry, uh, so, uh, so what my company is, as one, paid about $5 billion of those claims. And that was uh, uh, about oh. a third of our entire company for the entire country. So if you think about that um, from a historical perspective, it, it woke. It was a big wake-up call for the industry. So we had to start measuring the amount of exposure we were putting on the books. Fast forward a few years, 05, 06 hit, and we had about 10, 10, uh, 10 hurricanes within a two-year period and another massive blow to the insurance industry. Uh, so this has been an ongoing thing in Florida. We, we've been working hard in Tallahassee to put meaningful um, legislation in, pay, in place to help the industry uh, stay afloat. Wow, that's incredible. So your company paid $5 billion of the $25 billion at that particular incident. 
That's a lot yeah, of we money. Had, that we is had, a lot of money not yeah. to, um, yeah. So, you know, it's a lot of money not to, as an industry, not to forecast. And how do you forecast catastrophic events? You don't. And so it sounds like it's we're doing a lot of catch up in that regards. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, when you when you when you really look at the big picture, especially here in South Florida, um, when Andrew hit as a company, we had uh, eleven billion dollars of exposure in one county, Broward County. You know, think about that. We're a seventeen billion dollar country com company wide countrywide company, but yet eleven billion of it uh, is is in one county. So we we had to start a, a, an ongoing process to reduce exposure. So uh, it's been it's been quite a quite a ride for for a number of years. Yeah, it has been, and I think all of our audience has been seeing you know the results of that ride. Um, since the pandemic, how many companies, insurance companies for homeowners insurance in Florida, are pulled out? So I'm saying the last two three years, how many companies uh, have pulled we, out of the market? Well, we've had uh, in the last. 24 months, we've had 12 companies go under, go completely insolvent. 12 countries. That's, wow. that's from the, uh, that's from the, the uh, Department of Financial Services website. Um, so uh, of the companies that are still in existence that just decided not to write business in Florida, there are dozens uh, of companies that, that have done that. So we've had some go out of business. We've had a number of them uh, pull out of Florida. They're still in business. They decided not to do business in Florida because of the environment here. Mm. And then, and then the the companies that are still residents in Florida, most of them have decided to to shut down and not write policies uh, for a period of time due to the the crisis that we're under in Florida. Okay, so that really brings us full circle to our greatest friend in Florida is Citizens um, Insurance. Um, tell us a little bit about Citizens and where they came from. Uh, Citizens actually was created many years ago. When it first started, it wasn't called Citizens. It was called the Florida JUA, and that began after, a couple of years after Andrew. In 2002, they changed the name to Citizens, um, And uh, but it, it started out as a, as a company of last resort. So if a carrier uh, or an agent could write business with, a, with a, a voluntary carrier, he could revert to Citizens and, and place that business somewhere else. So it, it gave those customers uh, – a place to land if they were in uh, in dire straits and, and couldn't find homeowners insurance and need to buy a house or they needed to, they were being canceled by their existing carrier. Um, yeah. It has yeah. changed. It's no longer a company of last resort, and uh, and it's grown mm -hmm. into probably the maybe one of the probably the largest insurance company in the state of Florida. I would think so, you know, and selling homes for the 20 years that I've been selling homes, Frank, the last two, three years, it seems like all my clients are going towards citizens. You know, everybody's writing citizens. And so it's it's really become an interesting an interesting perspective. I think we lost Frank I'll here, but I'm sure he'll too. rejoin in a moment. You know, I have some stats to share. Um, I have some stats to share as well. And it shows here that the average insurance premium in South Florida has gone up 437%. Uh, 
well, it's 437% higher than the national average. The national average for homeowners insurance policy is about 1784. And um, apparently that's not going to be getting any better anytime soon. The most expensive state for homeowners insurance um, can expect a yearly premium, it says here. Um, about $8,000 for, hi, Craig, welcome back. I'm just sharing some stats. Um, $8,000 for a premium in 2023. And that's increasing about 66% year over year. Um, Frank, while you were coming out and coming back in, which I'm glad you're back in, we were just sharing how the homeowner's premium has increased 437% higher than the national average, where the national average is about 1784. So um, we were talking about a little bit, as far as my 20 years in selling real estate, I have to say the last two to three years, insurance has been a the topic of conversation when we're looking, when buyers are looking at a home to buy. Are you seeing that as well as part of your dialogue with yeah. your customers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an extremely difficult market, and it's hard for customers to realize um, the, the dynamic that goes into that rate when they see the, the – we had one big storm last year that hit the west coast of Florida, but the storm activity hasn't been what it was in 05, 06, and, and many of my customers, the first thing they say is, why? Why, are, why is this happening to us? Um, we, we have – I want to give you a statistic to think about. We have 7% of the claims in Florida for the entire country. So 7% of all the claims for the entire in the United States are in Florida. 79% of the litigation for the entire country is in Florida. Whoa, 79% yeah. and we only have 7% of the claims. 7% of the claims. We are the lawsuit capital of the world when it comes to uh to uh, property insurance. That's incredible. That is incredible. So let's, before we get into that particular topic, because I know our audience wants to hear more about the lawsuits and how that's really affecting the rates and what might be happening to kind of push that back down. Let's talk about the culprits. You identified that there's three culprits really of the you know high cost of homeowners insurance. And I know litigation was one of them, but what are the other ones? Let's get to those first. Well, you've got the uh, the catastrophic cost, obviously, uh, that's taking mm -hmm. that takes place, and uh, and and the uh, the next culprit that is tied to that is reinsurance cost. Uh, reinsurance is the pro is the the amount of money that insurance companies have to pay to other carriers to back them up. Uh, for instance, if a company is a billion dollar company, and they have three to four billion dollars of exposure in one county. Obviously, they can't carry the load by themselves, so they go they go out and they purchase reinsurance from other carriers, and these reinsurance carriers are usually uh, con con uh, insurance companies that operate on an international scale, and we pay a premium to them. The way they measure the cost to us is by exposure, so they look at a particular mm. county like Broward County and say, well, you know, you've got three billion dollars of exposure, so we're going to give you this reinsurance rate. So it's not based on claims; it's based on the amount of exposure we have. And this is why insurance companies seem, seem many times unfair when they come in and they non-renew policies or, or make shifts in their market. It's largely due to the fact that we have to maintain uh, a certain level. If we don't, reinsurance, our reinsurance can go up exponentially and then we pass it on to our customer. So it's a very, very uh, thin tightrope that we're walking. 
And are you seeing changes in the reinsurance companies as far as what their criteria is? Or anything well, that might uh, be impacting no. more of your business that impacts the consumer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that that the, the the better insurance companies, there's two things. That the better the insurance companies manage their exposure in a given county uh, is going to impact the, the reinsurance rate. So insurance companies have to do that. Um, and the second thing is is we need we need competition in the market. Uh, we can't have when a comp when when this domino effects of insurance companies going out of business or pulling out of the state when that occurs. It, it's a cycle that that, uh, that will continue to erode away at at the companies that that exist that stay in the market, and they ultimately have to leave the market as well because they can't handle the bulk. Mm -hmm. If they take the bulk of business from the other carriers, reinsurance cost goes up. It, it becomes an affordability issue in the state. Thus, the, you know some some effects of the market we have today is because of that. Not all, but some. But some of it, but some of it. And also, um, you know, we're seeing so many different, we have the three um, states, California, Louisiana, and Florida. Those are the three top states for catastrophic events. And, um, you know, that is in itself is weighing heavily on all of the carriers, um, insurance carriers as well. And trying to, you know, improve policies, trying to reduce costs on your side as an insurance owner, trying to make the pro trying to make homeowners insurance more affordable, but trying to work through all of these dynamics that are really more of a macro level and keeps getting pushed on to the consumer. It seems like, you know, exactly. you're in a very difficult position as someone who's trying to provide a service to homeowners. Yeah. Well, one thing I didn't mention earlier that occurred after Andrew is companies started breaking away from their parent companies and and, and forming Florida only companies. So most of the most of the companies that do business in the state of Florida either only do business in Florida, they only do business in four or five states surrounding Florida. So we don't get the money from Iowa and and, and Nebraska to pay for Florida hurricanes the way we used to. Oh, so, my goodness. And this also this also exponentially drives the cost up. But uh because we're it's we're we're a peninsula put out put out on a uh on this in this area with water completely surrounding the state. It's a it's a tough position to be in when that's the only state you're doing business in. It is. You know, it's a double-edged sword. We have the most beautiful state because we're surrounded by beaches. But I guess the cost of that is that we are a state that is surrounded by beaches with a high exposure to the hurricanes and floods, high water, everything else that comes into play. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so let's talk a little bit. I want to switch gears and I want to talk a little bit about, let's see here. I just want to go back to my notes real quick. I'm showing here that citizens, I want to go back to citizens for a moment. Citizens Property Insurance, a state insurance provider for the last 20 years has seen a number of policies rise about 50% in the last year alone to about 1.3 million. Um, that's about 16% of the market than any other insurer. What, um, what type of home would be considered uninsurable that would have to go to citizens? Is there a, you know, is there a rule of thumb in the insurance industry where we're seeing more homes go to insurance, maybe because of age, maybe because of any other type of criteria? Yeah, um, age carries a big, a big factor with eligibility simply because the age of the home dictates the, 
the building code it was built under. So if, if a home was built prior to, to the, uh, the Miami-Dade code going into effect in Broward County, it would be you'd, be, you'd be charged a different rate because the built house was built to the substantial uh, uh, deterrent from hurricanes. Um, so so the, the, the age of the home. Uh, what kind of, uh, recently we've seen a lot of, lot of activity on the, the type of plumbing uh, in a home, polybutylene pipes and things that cause uh, more uh, water damage, more frequency than uh, a conventional type of piping. So that can cause some eligibility problems. Age of the roof is a, is a big deterrent. Uh, if you have three, less than three years of life left on your roof, uh, you're going to have a hard time placing insurance on that house. And many people, when they buy a home, have to go out and replace the roof before they actually move in or, or, uh, or have to negotiate with the insurance company to allow them to have that, that, that happen uh, to, so that they can close on the home. So, so those are the, some of the factors that, that affect eligibility. Uh, distance to the coast, uh, if you're down by the water, many times citizens is the only place you can go. One place that you have a difficult time with citizens is they cap their a maximum amount of home home value at uh, you know seven hundred thousand dollars or thereabout, and that's that's not a lot in today's market. So some homes that are, are high valued near the water uh, are out of luck when it comes to citizens, and they'd have to go to a private market or some sort of uh, you know not admitted carrier that's not admitted admitted outside the state and doesn't live by the Florida guidelines in in the state of Florida to buy insurance or self insure. A number of yeah. people that have five, of six, seven, eight have... million dollar homes that self-insure. Yes, self-insurance is now becoming a uh, piece of vocabulary in our in our everyday sales. And um, you know, a few years ago, self-insured was you know dictated to maybe someone with a high wealth value. But we're see I'm seeing a lot of homeowners, even in the million dollars, that say, you know what, I don't have a loan. And if you don't have a loan out there, you don't need to worry about insurance. But if you do have a loan, you must carry insurance. But for those who can self-insure, they're like a million dollars. I would rather self-insure than pay some of these premiums, especially when you have to go to these private brokerages where the price could be very, very, very high. So it's interesting how that terminology. The only thing I would caution your viewers on, uh, many times, and I've talked to some very prominent people, they'll self-insure their home and then forget to put liability coverage on their home. And, and oh. liability coverage is a very inexpensive coverage that, that prevent, uh, prevents someone from being hurt on your property and filing suit against you and possibly losing assets outside your home. They can't take your home in Florida, but they can take uh, uh, other assets that are attachable. So you want to make sure if you do self-insure that you, 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 you buy, and it's very inexpensive, to buy ample liability coverage to protect the assets you have in case someone's injured. Okay, that's a good thing to know. So liability coverage if you're going to self-insure. Thank you, Frank. I didn't even know Definitely. that. So that's, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so we go back and, um, you know, it's interesting. Most homes in most areas in Florida are older than, I think, what is it, 1980, 1982? What is the cutoff for citizens right now? 92. 92. Okay, that's Actually, over 30 years. Okay, late 92. That's over 30 <laughs> years ago. And, um, you know, and a lot of homeowners, what they're doing now, and they have been doing since the pandemic, the number one is 
remodel, right? They're remodeling their bathrooms. They're tearing down walls. They're creating open spaces. They're putting in beautiful kitchens. They're remodeling. They're taking the plumbing out. They're putting new plumbing in, new electricity, everything. They're rebuilding these homes. 1995, we'll say that home has been completely gutted, completely rebuilt. Insurance-wise, what can we expect? Well, first of all, and um, I misspoke. Ninety-two was I was talking about Andrew. Ninety-four is actually when the code changed. And if you're in, if you're in Palm Beach okay. County, it's two. And if you're in Palm Beach County, it's two thousand and two. So, so the uh, if you have a home that was that's either built prior to the code or even after the code, many uh, even after the code took effect, impact glass wasn't a, uh, a requirement. So many people don't have impact glass, and their house was built in 06. Um, so you can go back and retrofit and and put in shutters. Um, you can uh, you, you, if you do that, you need to you need to also take care of your your door, your front door, your your back door, slide glass doors, and your garage, and bring those either bring them up to code. Uh, in some cases, you can shutter those items, and uh, to get opening protection. And when you when you when you get opening protection, you actually would go out and have an inspection done. He comes back and they inspect the property and they make sure that it meets all the codes and uh, they give us a certificate and we apply the discount. Many, many of your viewers, I'm sure, are mm-hmm. uh, very familiar with that process. Um, citizens, uh, and if, you're, if your viewers have citizens insurance, citizens is an all or none carrier when it comes to opening protection. So if you have, uh, and you would know this unless you look really close, but if you have a, a property that has everything protected except the front door, they will not give you any opening protection at all. Mm. So you want to look at your renewal very co- co- carefully. And we're, we're under the, I think it's page two of the renewal, it says opening protection. If it says none, you need to talk to your, to your agent and say, what would it save me if I, if I uh, updated my front door or garage door or whatever is uh, insu- uh, insufficient? And the, usually the cost of the insurance would pay for the updating of those items. So it's uh, you're actually taking money away, you're, the money you'd pay citizens and, and getting a better house by doing so. There's also, uh, with the new law that our governor signed, there's a lot of help the state's giving you on retrofitting your home. So you want to make sure you look at the Department of Insurance website and, uh, and investigate those avenues to, for the revenue to, uh, to cover the expense of mitigation. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for those words of wisdom. I appreciate that. And I'm sure the viewers appreciate mm-hmm. it as well. Let's move on to the topic of litigation. Um, what are, can you share a little bit about that? What are your what are your top points regarding the litigation in Florida yeah. and homeowners insurance? Yeah, we find ourselves in a in a really tough spot. Um and, and it was it was tough for a couple of years ago. We've made, actually had some uh, litigation uh changes that took place this last session that are gonna, are gonna help the situation. But the uh, the way it worked in Florida is if the insurance company, uh, if we were sued because of a claim, for instance, a roof claim, and we denied the claim, and then we were sued and we lost, we had we paid uh, the litigation cost on both sides. Mm-hmm. And um, so insurance companies, if you think about that, uh, if if you have a forty or fifty thousand dollar roof, and a claim comes to you, and they're claiming that it was tied to a hurricane four or five years ago. And, and and the insurance company disagrees. The fact that they disagree, and then they go to if they go to court and they lose, uh, the fees could be more expensive than the roof. 
So many times the insurance companies will, will look at that and just write a check and pay for the roof um, instead of uh, uh, facing the uh, potential litigation cost on top of the roof that they'd have to pay. So this is this is a, a multi-million dollar problem in, in our industry. And uh, the litigation was just passed this last March, uh, twisted or changed the litigate, changed the statute to say that the uh, it, it, the now the the uh, claimant, if if we if they if they lose, they have to pay their own own side of the fees. So it it, it makes it kind of made the, the playing field somewhat fair, but uh, it also only applies to policies that are written after January. So so all policies that are still in place or the litigation that's still in place, the fifty or sixty thousand uh, dollar number of claims in Florida that are still ongoing, are. Uh, are still going to take a while to circle to cycle through the system, and uh, so this this litigation probably won't help us uh, for a, a couple of years, but it is a step in the right direction. Litigation is a major major part of our problem in Florida right now. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and it's a shame too. So I'm glad to see that we're getting a little support from our legislative arm, and hopefully some more policy changes will come to help alleviate some of this. Because I think you said what 97 percent. What was this? What was the stat of the percent of 79 percent? 79 percent of all the claims in the country or the litigation or is it right. Florida? is in Florida. So yeah, let's hope for more more legislation to push that down and hopefully that will have an impact on our insurance premiums as well. Um, yes, so it's Frank, really not a record we want to hold. No, we want to give up that record really, really fast. <laughs> Hand that trophy yeah. to somebody else. <laughs> mm -hmm. right. Oh my goodness. So um, let's go back to what buyers can do. They're looking for a home. They find their perfect home. Um, what should be some of their considerations when they know they have to purchase homeowner's insurance? Um, do you have any words of wisdom for our buyers yeah. out there? I think the first step, and, and many of uh, realtors like yourself would all automatically do this, but the first step is to get a mitigation inspection. Find out uh, exactly what's what's uh, what's in the home and what's not in the home that's protecting from a hurricane point of view. Uh, I think looking at the roof, the age of the roof is very important. And uh, if you have a roof that has uh, less than eight to ten years of life, on it, you really should look carefully at what your insurance options are going to be in the marketplace. Uh, insurance companies are are uh, are getting very uh, weary of of uh, homes that come to them with life expectancy of less than five years, and many companies say no to that completely. Mm -hmm. And even citizens would say no to many of those. So it could leave you in a place where you you close on a home, and and shortly after you close, you get canceled, and there's no place to go. So the roof and the, and the mitigation are the two top things you want to look at. Right. Um, there's there's other things that you want to look at with coverages. Uh, my suggestion is when you find your insurance agent that you're going to do business with, go sit with them. Go sit with them. Don't don't buy an insurance policy over the phone, and then just have it sent to the closing office. Go to the, go to the agent, sit with them, and make sure you're getting exactly what you need in that situation. All it takes is a, a box check off or not checked off on that policy declaration and you can lose valuable coverage. Uh, you, many policies in Florida don't ha don't have mold coverage and mold is probably one of the one of the uh, uh, toughest claims to go through. Uh, for many years we didn't cover mold at all and then we allowed it to start being added as an endorsement. It gives you coverage for the mitigation of the mold which can be thousands and thousands of dollars. 
Um, so, so those are the things. I think if I could put a umbrella on it, I'd say communication with your agent. Demand that pro demand that process because uh, he's they're getting a, a piece some of your premium, and they they uh, you deserve that kind of treatment. So make sure you sit with them. That's a good point. Sit down with your insurance agent. There's too many uh, buyers that just want to look at what is my rate to somewhat like, you know, picking a lender. What What's my rate? But as we talked about in the lending industry, how important it is to really go over, you know, what type of pre-approval, what makes up that rate? What can you do differently? Insurance is the same way. What do I have? What can I do? How can I make this work for me? So thank you, Frank. Those are very valuable pieces of information. Um, before we close today, I do want to let you um, give you a moment to talk about your business, where you're located, um, anything you want to say. I would like to open up the floor to you as a thank okay. you for joining the show. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, I love, I'm located in Cooper City, Florida, not far from Weston, where you're located. And uh, I do business all over the South Florida area. Um, I'd say my number one uh, focus in my practice is asset protection. Uh, I like to make sure that my customers uh, not only have have uh, are allowed to build assets, but uh, but are they're protected from litigation in the event something happens behind the wheel of an automobile or at their home. So I work hard to look over the assets of my customers and make sure I'm covering them properly. Um, very, it's a very important process. I have, I've had doctors walk into my office with $50,000 of liability coverage and they needed 5 million. Nobody ever mm. told them about that. They bought their auto insurance online and they never sat with an agent. So, so I believe it's a, we're, we're an industry that it, it needs and deserves counsel. And uh, I encourage your viewers to do that with whoever they're insured with. But I thank you very much for having me. Uh, if I can ever do anything else for, for your viewers, I'd love to help them out. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for being here. So to recap everyone, homeowners insurance, it's a fluid market and making sure that you are speaking to the right realtor who has the right connection with the right insurance company is going to help you save on your premium or at least help you prepare to make the best decision for you and your family. So if you'd like more information, if you'd like Frank, myself to help you, go ahead and reach out to us. I will have a link to book an appointment with us. You can DM us with questions or you can reach out and contact us independently. But I want to thank Frank for being here. As always, Frank, you're fabulous. I've known you for many years and I'm so happy you're able to join us today. And I want to thank the viewers for joining us as well. So enjoy a beautiful day in South Florida and we'll see you next week. Bye everyone.